Warning, this episode contains adult themes, bad language, and material that some people may find distressing. Friendly Atheist Dad. I hope you're having a great day and welcome to the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad podcast. Hey there, sorry to interrupt. Did you know you can now support the podcast on Patreon? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash TFAD pod, where your monthly donations will help support what I do in producing enjoyable and thought-provoking material. Thank you. I recently found out that a number of people that my charismatic church idolized, or that even I idolized personally, have been found to be scumbags. Not simply an, I said something inappropriate in the heat of the moment, how very unchristlike of me thing. Because if that was the worst of it, I would merely say these people were foolish. But I'm talking about people who are serial abusers, people who have used their aura of esteem and respectability to railroad unsuspecting women into inappropriate sexual relations, or who use their authority to kickstart internal campaigns to demonize people who spoke up, people who are misusing money, etc. Or in short, the kind of people who are secretly doing the kind of things that they'd accuse atheists of doing. So let me go through my own personal hall of shame of pastors or people who are figureheads of either the New Awakening Reformation, non-denominational Pentecostal-style churches, megachurches, or the like, people that would be featured in Charisma magazine or Christianity Today as shining examples of the power of the faith. This is by no means a comprehensive list of either people or of the bad behaviour those people have done. The people I mentioned in this episode are people who are lionised, or paraded, or at least even thought of as great examples by Christian thought leaders I was in touch with during my Christian days. If your favourite example of a bad preacher isn't on here, then feel free to contact me at TFAD pod or email me and be a guest. The first name I'm going to mention, and this is one you may never have heard of, Joseph Wongsack. His proper name is, and forgive me for butchering the pronunciation, 
Kringsek Charion Wongsek, but he anglicized it to Joseph Wongsek. He started the Hope of Bangkok Church in Thailand in the 1980s after becoming a Christian in Melbourne while studying for a PhD. And that church, Hope of Bangkok, branched out to many other countries, including Australia, where I eventually fell into its orbit in the late 1990s. Wongsak and his brother-in-law ran the church organisation, but in the mid-2000s somewhere, eventually there was a split involving money and sex, which saw the Bangkok arm of the church rupture and the international leadership change drastically. And how bad was the split? The split was so bad that there is now no mention of Wongsak at all on any of the pages or of the history of the Hope of Bangkok Church. They have completely scrubbed his memory. Wongsak went on to become a professional academic slash consultant, as well as becoming, at one point, the Honorary Consul General for none other than Zimbabwe, and appointed by Zimbabwe's own Robert Mugabe, a power-hungry dictator who oversaw massacres of his own people with the help of North Korean-trained soldiers, as well as overseeing years of political violence to hold on to the presidency. And this is not to mention all of the shady business deals that Wongsak's name gets mentioned in, sometimes alongside the words US sanctions. One of the best summaries of the Hope leadership is summed up as such, and with thanks to TimeMissions.info for this report. Wongsak is the functional equivalent of the traditional Chinese patriarch atop the family business, with the church being run like a large-scale Chinese organisation where financial matters are handled through a staff function where the details can be kept privately among a few individuals. As a result, it is difficult for members to express frustration and disappointment within the church structure, and this seems to lead to a fairly high turnover of membership. It is relatively easy to find people in mainstream churches who have at one time or another been members of the Hope of Bangkok Church, but have become frustrated by the high expectations, the coercive tactics used to make people perform, and the lack of power among common members to influence decisions. Now, that report was strictly for the Hope of Bangkok. But that behaviour was evident in the Australian arm as well. Now, with regards to the money, I trusted the leadership with regards to money because you know, they actually made a point about following regulations. But power? Yeah, they knew how to lay a guilt trip on you. Related to this are Kevin Connor and Waverley Christian Fellowship, now called City Life Church. Now, I wouldn't say these people are scumbags themselves, 
but they're in the scumbag orbit. A church I used to dedicate myself to was in the suburb of Glen Waverley, which is literally down the road from where WCF are, and my church had ties to WCF. We would use their space every now and then. We would have guests from that church at our Sunday services sometimes. And one or two of our leadership actually taught at the school attached to the church. So technically, they weren't my heroes, but they were held in high esteem by my church. And why are they in the scumbag orbit? Well, Kevin Connor and WCF had ties to a church called Melbourne Christian Fellowship that was run by numerous A-grade scumbags, but namely Vic Hall and Ray Jackson. We're talking about adultery. We're talking financial mismanagement. We're talking questionable paternity of children, squashing of dissent, manipulation, people who took their own lives, and more. And this is covered in one of the most hard-hitting books I've ever read, Apostles of Fear by Morag Swartz. However, to clarify, Mark Connor, Kevin's son, has come to the defence of his father. And for all I know, Kevin Connor could well be an A-grade person. But the stink has carried over. And given that Kevin Connor refused to be interviewed by Morag's forts for Apostles of Fear, and apparently because he didn't know who she was, and as well as having written a foreword for a book by Ray Jackson, though I may have some of the details confused there, this does taint my view somewhat. The next two were always considered people worth listening to in my fundy charismatic church. The first is Mark Driscoll. Yet another poster boy for modern Christianity, and helped in no large part by the large numbers at his large church. This quote from a former elder of the Mars Hill Church sums it up best. The reputation Driscoll got for being the cussing pastor simply because he used harsh language from the pulpit was nothing compared to the swearing and abusive language he used daily with staff. When people asked me how I liked working at Mars Hill, I would simply say, it's a great church to attend, but I wouldn't recommend working here. It was well known with the staff that what was preached on Sunday was not lived out Monday morning with the staff. And next, Bill Hybels. Former pastor of Willow Creek Community Church, author of at least three dozen books, Hybels was incredibly prominent as a thought leader in Fourth Great Awakening Protestant Christianity. But, as it turns out, in 2018, the Chicago Tribune published reports of misconduct that forced Hybels to bring forward his planned retirement, caused multiple board members of his church to step down, and multiple investigations to be carried out, not all of them independent, 
In the end, it found the witnesses and accusations to be credible. And this bears a lot of similarity to Ravi Zacharias' own misdeeds that were only uncovered after Zacharias' passing, a topic I covered in my very first episode. So when I found out that both Driscoll and Hybels were facing credible accusations of abuse, it made me wonder if my own church had taken a leaf out of their books to the extent that they inadvertently created an environment which fostered manipulation, shaming, and a Jesus-or-bust mentality. The next on my list is Benny Hinn. I have to say, Benny Hinn was definitely a role model for my faith. His book, Good Morning Holy Spirit, changed how I viewed Christianity, and I believe made me a better Christian. In hindsight, however, not only was his doctrine very controversial, as well as novel, not only was his lavish lifestyle and appearance at odds with the lifestyle and sayings of the Jewish Messiah whose name he mentions a lot, not only has he said some really crazy stuff and associated with really crazy people, but probably the worst thing that comes to mind is that his stage shows are just that, shows. Numerous people with genuine and obviously severe impairments have come forward with reports of being turned away by Hin's security team. And the people that do get up on stage just always seem to say the right things and act the right way. And let's not forget who Benny Hinn was caught with in between his two marriages. Next on my list is Creflo Dollar. This was another man whose books made a positive impact on my faith walk, particularly the book Total Life Prosperity. Unfortunately, Mr. Dollar seems to have a strong taste for his namesake, and being arrested for assaulting one of his children certainly took the shine off, with reports that the charges were dropped after he had attended anger management classes. And who could forget the time that he asked his congregation to help stump up $65 million to buy a private jet? As you do. And who does Creflo Dollar happen to be a disciple of? I'll get to that after some honourable mentions. Or maybe dishonourable in this case. Brian Houston, head of the Hillsong Church Empire, which is known for burning people out with its high-pressure, high-stakes corporate environment. But this man once offered a person who was sexually abused by his father, Frank Houston, a dollar figure written on a McDonald's napkin. Classy. Kong He, from City Harvest Church, Singapore, found guilty of criminal breach of trust by taking money from his church some of which may or may not have aided his wife's pop career. And Ted Haggard. We'll say no more about Ted, but I would urge you to look up Haggard's Law. Last on the list are people who I thought were really devout, sincere men of God, 
Kenneth Copeland. Mr. Wind of God, Mr. Judgment on COVID-19, Mr. Prosperity Gospel, Mr. I don't fly commercial because I don't want to be in a tube full of demons, Mr. I'm on video aggressively pointing my finger in the face of a female journalist who dare to ask a pointy question while I'm surrounded by my lackeys. Yes, that Kenneth Copeland. Looking back, Kenneth Copeland is a cult leader. He has an empire, a fortune, to whose followers he is unassailable, even in the face of some of the dumbest shit you'll ever hear come from a person's mouth. He works hard to project and protect his image. And the fact that his followers, his disciples and his toadies are just as creepy, just as money-hungry, and just as divorced from reality as he is, is an indictment on the culture that allows it to flourish. And this is one reason why I now stand opposed to modern fourth great wave Christianity, new apostolic reformation, latter rain movements, whatever the heck you want to call them. When you believe you derive your moral authority from someone who is both mysterious and powerful, you get to control what people believe, and you give yourself any excuse to exercise that authority. But in all this, there are two lessons. The first lesson is, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And the second is that the more someone bangs on about morality, bangs on about integrity, or they make such an extreme effort in making a show of how fabulous and how wealthy and how blessed they are, it was as Jesus said in Matthew 23, 27-28, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Thank you for listening to the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad podcast. Have a great day. Have a great week. See you next time.